there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Oh, you heard the big voice guy. You heard the music. Uh, I'm with one of the best in the business, Jacob Padilla. I just like to call him JP. Um, I'm a nickname guy. <laughs> I almost want to say Eminem because that's what I call our next guest. But we're kind of doing this round robin, this little mini series. Yeah. How would you describe it? Are we doing facilities, basketball gurus? <laughs> I, I think we're just talking to a lot of the people that have been in part responsible for their growth in the game over the last few years. The trainers, the coaches, just all the different people that have kind of helped elevate basketball in our area. So I, I, I guess we would call him the founder, the CEO, the head honcho. We're talking to Mike Mackey from the factory, which has become one of the premier players in town, uh, one of the most of the highly respected facilities in town. Mike, good afternoon, man. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, 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 good. Wow. Uh, you yeah, recognize this guy? <laughs> that, that guy, that's, no. Jake, that's Jacob Padilla. Um, so, so what's been going on, man? Tell me the story. It, you have this epiphany. You, you've been operating under this umbrella. You get a good idea to kind of want to do your own thing. You got to walk us through the start because as he and I both know, it wasn't easy, which is one of the reasons why we respect you so much. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I think, um, I had a great opportunity, um, with the last, employer I had to help me get started and, and really mentor me and, and help me grow and, and understand how to run the business side of things. And, and I, I guess I looked at it and wanted something a little bit more intimate and smaller to where athletes can come in the gym. They love being here. Um, they get the attention they, they deserve the one-on-one, the small group stuff where they can really, really hone in on their skills and develop. They wanted the way they want to develop. Um, so it's, it's hard, you know, the, I guess finding your niche and finding a, a product that that's different from everyone else. Um, but yet still doing things the way you want, still supporting your family. Uh, it's a hard thing to do, but, but we wanted something personable. Um, you know, coach Foster's um, obviously he's really, really good. I, I try to stay in the gym as much as I can, but um, for both of us getting to know all of our athletes, knowing everyone by name, um, knowing how to help all of our athletes continue to develop and get better was our goal with opening the factory, and that's what we're trying to stick into right now. Yeah, and obviously, you had a good situation previously. You're doing a good job in that role. Just kind of how did you get from there to where you are now, where you were able to open up the facility, kind of take that leap of faith uh, and be able to have it, uh, make it so successful so early? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess working with kids, when you when you want to go out and do things like this, there's people that believe in you, parents that believe in you, that, that have been around a lot longer than I have, that, that want to help support and help you get going. So we had a guy, Mick Johnson, who, who helped us kind of get off the ground and help us get moving. Um, that was a big part of how we were able to leave and and start something and be successful right off the, right off the jump. So, um, you know, uh, 
kids and parents, they, they talk a lot. So when you get a couple kids in the gym, well, then it's word of mouth from there. They talk for a couple more, a couple more friends and next thing you know, our gym's full. And that's, that's kind of how we've been going. It's, it's been a low budget thing, you know, advertising on Facebook and, and Twitter and, and that's about it. But uh, we've used a lot of word of mouth to, to fill our gym. Um, we have a waiting list for literally everything we do right now, um, which is great for us. Um, you know, maybe a bigger gyms and, and talks here soon. You know, it's interesting because, you were a lot of times we we talk about athletics, we talk about competing, we talk about willing to pay a price, we talk about going the extra mile. It was never going to be easy for you, right? Like it was going to be kind of a battle. You had to take some chances, but you are competitive. At what point did you say to yourself, "Hey, you know what? I, I may take some lumps early. I believe in me. I'm going to bet on myself." This is what I want to do because there are 90% of the people that are out there aren't, they can't get past that 10%. How'd you know it was something you could do? Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I knew that it was something <laughs> I could do, but I think, you know, coach Foster and I are just really, really passionate about basketball. Um, basketball has helped us, uh, stay on a decent path in life. Uh, it helped me graduate high school. Um, my, the gym's my safe place. So mm. knowing that, you know, I'm walking into a basketball gym every day, it was really, really easy for me to say, Hey, I think we can go out and do this just cause I'm so passionate about it. So it's, you know, I got offered a lot of sales jobs, a lot of stuff when I was leaving my last employer. Uh, and I just, it's not where, where my heart's at. So knowing that it's something that I love to do and I can sell our product cause I truly believe in it. I just don't, I don't know. Um, I didn't think there was ever time where I felt like there's no way we can do this. Um, it's going to be a process, you know, it's going to build up to where, gosh, there's some, some months, there's some times where things aren't great for us, but, but we've gotten past that hump and, and, uh, really grown our business into something we love. What's that dynamic like between you and coach Foster? How do you guys work so well together? Oh gosh. We've, aside you know, from being Foster, polar opposites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Foster and I didn't like each other. Uh, you know, he went to Scud, I went to Ralston and we played each other in the summer league way back then. Um, we had each other's necks. I mean, we were talking stuff back and forth, back and forth to where that game got over. And I think he wanted to meet me in the parking lot. You guys probably don't know coach Foster like that, but he's got a little bit of a mean streak in him. It just takes a lot to dig it out of him. Um, and I'm, I'm I know you're capable of that. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, it's, we're, we're opposite personalities. He loves to be behind the scenes and, and stay quiet. And he's a grinder. He's in the gym all the time to where I'm more out, um, more outspoken. I'm, I'm more meeting people and getting people involved with our program, whether it's coaches, players, um, trainers, all of that. So we just bounce each other out really well. It helps that we're good friends. We've known each other for a long time. Um, and I honestly, you know, I don't think I could do it anywhere, anyone else. So it's, it's kind of cool how it's worked out. Um, you know, he was the first phone call I made when I, when I decided to leave, my last employer and, and you know there's no hesitation you want to do it right away you're an interesting case study because um it, an, another reason why you don't judge a book by its cover you guys obviously have the Ralston thing in the basketball community <laughs> to bring you together as kind of a relationship deal with me it's different right I, I I'm a I'm a teacher by nature I have an endorsement to teach I watched a guy coach 
that was continually beating the teams <laughs> that my kiddos <laughs> played for. And I'm thinking to myself, there's something about this guy and his ability to build relationships. Small in stature, kind of unassuming in, a, in nature, but there's this big voice and this energy and this belief and confidence. Where'd that come from? Because it's obviously your relationship building and people believing in you that's kind of helped get you to where you're at. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm, I'm ultra competitive, as you probably know, both of you know, by watching me coach. Um, but I, I think most of it comes from my high expectations for all of my players. I don't care if you're my best player or my worst player. I'm holding you accountable 100% of the time. And when you don't meet my standard, which is hard to do, you're going to hear about it. You know, I tell all my parents, my new parents, listen, I'm be yelling at your kid, but trust me, when he does it right, I'm going to be chest bumping him. That's just who I am. Um, I'm a high-energy guy, but I want I want the most out of my athletes. I think the coolest thing is when my guys get done with eighth grade, they go to high school, and you know what? Defending that down screen the right way, communicating it, that type of stuff. When they go to high school and they're like, gosh, none of my teammates know how to do this, and I get those phone calls back, that's what – that's what keeps me understanding that, you know what, I think I'm doing this the right way. I think getting my guys to play hard and holding them accountable all the time is going to help them down the road. Whether they like me now for it or not, down the road they're going to like me, they're going to understand it. So I think, you know, coaching also is in my, you know, my family. My grandpa was a coach at Ralston High School. He's the AD at Northwest. Um, you know, he was he's in the Hall of Fame at UNO for basketball and baseball. So uh, it's just, I guess, something that I grew up with. My dad – coached me very similar to how I coached some of my guys. He was really, really hard on me. Um, so I think that's just maybe where I got some of it from, good or bad. And what's uh, obviously the last couple of years, you've taken on different roles within your own organization in terms of the coaching and your summer teams. What's that been like kind of going from coaching to more of a kind of overseer support role last summer? To Because uh, I know obviously you love being there on the sideline yourself. Yeah, I uh, as much as I love being on the sideline and, and coaching – I really like to watch our teams play. It's so fun, um, especially kids that I've coached in the past. So it's been, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm a dad now or what, but uh, it's been easier for me to kind of move to the sideline and, and watch. I think also just knowing that we have people uh, in line with us that I can trust. Um, Coach Foster and I trust the coaches we have tremendously. I think that takes a lot of pressure off too. When you know you have guys in line to do a good job, you believe in how they coach it's so much easier to step to the side and watch. Mike, I, obviously with my kids training there, <clears throat> actually all three in some capacity under your roof now, whether it's strength and conditioning or, or the basketball instruction, it's a slippery slope for you. You've had good talks with me about being honest with myself, um, kind of helping me understand loyalties versus doing what's best for your kiddos. It's not real popular sometimes to take a stance and what you believe in, especially in a tight-knit community like Omaha where word gets around quick. How do you navigate pretty difficult, choppy waters in a highly competitive business where that's kind of how you have to be? Yeah, uh, I'd say honesty. Um you just, you stay honest to yourself. You stay honest. You be honest with, with your customers or people that ask you questions. Um, you know, there's good programs. There's good people in our city. 
uh, it's our job to sell our product because um, we believe in it, not because we're trying to outsell the other program, but, but what we do, we think is awesome. You know, what other programs do, they probably think is awesome as well. So I, I try to be honest. I try not to push the envelope too much. Um, you know, Hey, here's what we offer. We think it's really, really good. But at the end of the day, you're right. You have to do what's best for your kid. And that, you know, whether that's with us or not, um, that's totally, you know, the family's decision. We have, you know, we have athletes that leave our program. We've had athletes that want to come back to our program because it's not as good as what they think. Um, we've had athletes leave our program and find better situations. So, um, I understand that our product, what we offer is not best for everybody. Uh, do we want it to be? Of course, but, but that's just not realistic. There's going to be, you know, positives with our program. There's going to be positives with other programs. Sometimes other opportunities just present themselves better to different families. Yeah. How important is that? Just all the different options for kids that can really, that they can really find their best fit. Obviously you've got kids that play for one organization, then go for extra training with you guys, with going vertical guys. Um, everybody seems to kind of have their guy, their, their people that they go to for that extra training. Um, how important is just the, the rise in the opportunities for these kids to kind of elevate the overall gameplay um, throughout the area? Um, it's awesome. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, all of us have the same end goal is to help basketball grow and help basketball be better in Nebraska. And I think we've all done a really, really good job with that. Um, as you see with, you know, this graduating class, gosh, there's some really good basketball players and they've gotten extra training. Their, their parents are involved and get them the opportunities they need. Um, so it's awesome. You know, the going vertical guys, us, Hunter Longacre, all these guys, they're, you know, they're, they're putting in the time and the effort. Chris Kuhn, they're all putting in time and effort with, you know, the youth, the high school, whatever comes their way. Um, so man, you know, I think back to when I was a kid, I, I would have loved nothing more than to have a guy tell me how to make moves or how to shoot the ball better. Um, I was a gym rat and we tell our kids all the time, you can come in here once a week, but that's not going to help you, you know, going doing it by yourself two to three times a week on top of that is going to be where you see the most growth. It's, it's interesting, man. I listen and then I, I pit it against our own personal experiences that we've had. And you come across as a guy that practices what he preaches, which at the end of the day, kind of the consistency in your message is going to be, that's, that's the real deal, right? I walked in the other day. He's got Jason Green. He's got Max Merle. He's got, um, who else was in there? Who was the third? Maybe Frankie. Frankie's up Frank, here. Frankie, <laughs> Frankie Fiddler, who was going on his third hour in the gym. When you look at what's going on with the evolution of basketball in the community, where does opportunity or the ability to, i.e., go to a facility, go train, have a guy like Mike Mackey or 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 Ryan Foster in his corner? Like, where does the opportunity? opportunity to have facilities to go work on your game rank and the level of importance of what we've seen in the rise in basketball the last four or five years well are you referring to gym space guys willing to pay a price uh gym space good educational instruction a lot of guys got space a lot of guys don't have the talent or the time or the tutelage or the know-how to 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 expound you yeah. guys, there's there's this run of quality places to get good at the sport. Yeah, um, I think 
believing in what you teach is important, but also teaching the right stuff. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer in you need to have the ability to make 25 moves. You need to be really, really good at two or three of them. You need to be willing to maximize your dribble. You got to be able to catch and shoot. Um, I think what we do best and why we've grown so much is that we teach kids how to be efficient. You're not going to come in here and make 18 moves to shoot a step back three. We don't, we just don't want to see it. And how often, <laughs> you, know, you talk about how often you have the ball in your hands. Um, gosh, who was it? It's a college coach that did a stat um, where I think outside of the point guard, everyone else has the ball in their hands for like 5% of the game. Um, and that's max. So you just got to be willing to be efficient with, with your catches, you know, one to three dribbles max creating opportunities. So I think, um, we've just gotten good at, at teaching the right stuff. I think, um, ways to be effective no matter who you play for. And I think that's what we take pride in is, is just, you know, what are you teaching your kids? Are you teaching them a bunch of, you know, crazy moves that you can use for one out of 30 coaches? Or are you teaching them something where it doesn't matter who they play for? It doesn't matter what system you're, you're in. You can play basketball the right way. How do you figure out what's the difference between customization and being portable, because you have to understand the kid that you're working with. Not everybody can have the same, for lack of a better term, bag. How do you understand, or where did you come across what's portable versus okay, this 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 particular individual, male or female, is different, so they can do this. Right. Um, I think that's just a, a judge of talent thing. Um, you know, I think I have a decent eye for that. Whether it's recruiting our kids to the college level or getting players into our program. I think I can look at an athlete and say, Hey, you know, this is going to work well for him. And then it just takes time. Um, anyone that I have in the gym, you're going to go through a basic workout to give me a better idea of what you need to grow with um, and, and fill out your game. So I think, like you said, the customization thing is huge with basketball players. Um, you know, Max, I'm not going to teach Max, you know, a ton of off the dribble moves. We work a ton on shot fakes, rips, jabs, hezzy rips, um, just different stuff, rip overs, unders, all of that good stuff for him with, with, you know, a change of direction next, but it's limited. Um, how can we maximize your one to two dribbles? You know, being a six, nine guy, you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to be dribbling the ball five times getting downhill. So a lot of picking and popping and playing out of those opportunities. Um, it's, I, I think that's the fun part of our game is to be able to look at a guy and be like, okay, this is what you need. Um, and that's really, really important. If you're, you know, if you're taking the same approach towards every athlete, then you're just building robots um, instead of building a basketball player that can impact their team in whatever way their coach wants them to. How do you like strike that balance between running your successful fall and winter and then spring and summer teams yeah. in combination with all the skills training, um, just the timing for everything, trying to make sure everybody gets what they need, putting in enough effort for all that. And then how do those kind of build off of each other with a lot of the people that kind of do both with you? Yeah. Uh, you know, we try to, to be honest, through our skill stuff, we don't have a ton of select kids that, that come to our skill stuff on, on a separate basis because we do so much skill stuff with our select players already. Um, so they already get that within their select program. I mean, all our kids get in the summer, they get skills once a week. Um, in the winter, we're trying to take a different approach Next year, do we actually have uh, – we're playing less tournaments. We're going to do skills in the morning on Saturdays or off weekends, and then we're just going to play. They're going to play five-on-five. Five. No refs, no coaches, but just play. Uh, 
so to set, to have the balance, the time, I don't know how we have the time, Jacob, to be honest. I, I, I don't know if we do, but, um, you know, we got some really, really good people working for us. Braxton Murphy, um, is the head of our part-time staff. He does a really, really good job. We talk about a kid that has a huge upside and, and a bright future with this stuff. Um, Zach Westfall, Ian McPhillips, um, all those guys trained for us part-time. Uh, we got a couple more that, that we're talking to are going to get involved. So they've helped us a lot grow our skills side and then still give us time to, to be involved with our team stuff as well. This is, this is kind of tough, but it is what it is. You have arguably the two best players in the state that train at your facility, right? Chucky has played with your summer team. Hunter Salas is, is a guy that has become kind of the consummate worker under you and Coach Foster in terms of dribbling and shooting and things of that nature. How do you not fall in love with high, high end and make sure that those that just want to get better can get better without feeling intimidated because you do work with the best of the best? Yeah, uh, honestly, I think, you know, like working out those guys, working out, you know, Hunter's been in the gym since eighth grade with Coach Foster. Um, You know, I kind of, Hunter and, and Foster, they have the same personalities. So Hunter was working out with me. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. They man. actually do. <laughs> they they really true, yeah. do. Limited with their words, but highly competitive. Yeah. So I, I was like, you guys, you guys need to start hanging out. And then boom, there you go. But um, I like working with younger athletes that aren't as developed. Uh, I think, to be honest, it helps us grow as trainers to be able to circle back down or work with kids that aren't as fine-tuned. Um, just cause it really, I mean, if you want to be good at your craft, you take a decent basketball player and you make them a great basketball player. Working with the best basketball players is easy. You show them something once and they got it, you know, whether it's a hundred percent correct or not, you know, they can kind of, they can pick up skills on their own. Um, and they're, you know, they're the small percentage that can, but, but working with the younger kids that, that work really, really hard, um, that's where you see the most growth. And that's the most rewarding. I, uh, I, would, I would work with a sixth grader that works his tail off and wants to get better just as quick as I would work with a Frankie Fiddler or something like that. Um, no hesitation at all. I love working with um, un, maybe underdeveloped kids that have great work ethic. To be honest, we've, we've kicked kids out of our gym. We've told them not to come back if their work ethic's not great because then, you know, your parents are wasting money. Um, you come in the gym for us an hour and, and you goof off and then you go home, you don't practice any of it. You're not going to see any growth. Um, what we do is, is good. We can help these kids, but at the end of the day, it's the time they put it, uh, put in outside of our gym. That's really going to make a difference. Uh, you partnered, uh, with progressive fitness out there. How, how important is that side of it for kids these days to have question. all the, the, the athletic and the, the fitness training <laughs> in addition to the skill work? Uh, yeah, that was something uh, that I was that was non-negotiable for me. Um, leaving and opening this place was speed and agility. Uh, I, t- I tell parents all the time, like your kid probably doesn't jump fences. He probably doesn't climb trees anymore. That was le- legitimately my speed and agility growing up. Was just running around the neighborhood, riding my bike, um, probably doing some stuff I shouldn't have been doing at that age. But uh, it, it's so important. It's so important working all the muscles. Kids are, um, you know, they're so specific with what they do nowadays. So basketball players, they play a ton of basketball and maybe play a little bit of football or a little bit of track or, you know, baseball, same thing. You do so much baseball to where you probably need to get in and work some different muscles to make sure your body's um, 
you know, well-tuned and, and you're building strength throughout your body instead of just a couple different muscle groups. Um, I love that stuff. I love watching it. You know, the progressive guys, they're probably some of the best people you'd ever meet. Um, just genuine, honest, great I can, people. I can speak to that personally. <laughs> Jordan Fowler, Fowler shot, shots out. Yeah, just all good people. You know, I think there's a lot of great training services with that um, that can take your kid through workouts. Um, but I think, once again, for what we do and what they do, it's about the relationships as well. And I think that's what we offer the best through Progressive and ourselves is the relationships that we have with our athletes. And they do a fantastic job with it. Let me, let me, let me ask you this because um, you have a lot of experience. You've seen volume. You've seen numbers. You've seen – uh, attrition, like strength in numbers. How do you discern or decide, hey, listen, this is what I need for my young kids. This is a revenue generator. This is a revenue loser. I have to invest. I have to see the big picture. Like there's a lot to negotiate. It's not just as easy as, as picking the best kids. You have to develop a program too. How much is your experience and kind of wherewithal helped you kind of weather the storm? Fiscally, uh, it's tough. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. So, uh, <laughs> are we all? Are we all are. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're good at basketball, but we're we're definitely trying to get better at the at the business side of things. So it's it is a balance. You know, we we obviously, you know, I have a I have a seven month old and a wife that you know we're trying to put food on the table. We're trying to support ourselves. Coach Foster's trying to trying to support himself as well. So it's um, you know the balance between business, but yet keeping our product the way we want it. Um, is important for us. Um, you know, I think that's why we limit our team stuff so much. Um, you know, we have, there's one grade level, one exception where we have three teams, but other than that, we have two teams per grade level and that's it. So we make sure we, we keep our select stuff small. We can, we can offer the product we want. And then our skill stuff, you know, we're just trying to have a balance. We want a lot of kids in the gym, but we also need to know that we can't, dilute our product by having too many kids in the gym. So if we're going to have more kids in the gym, we have to have more quality trainers in with them that can actually teach and instruct and break skills down to where you're benefiting from being in there with us. You know, it's not, you know, our camps, for instance, our camps sell out within a week every year. Um, there's 20 kids max. <laughs> um, but we're going to get to, we're not babysitting you. You know, if you're in the gym, you're going to get better. You're going to get a great workout. Um, so I guess our balance, it's hard, but it's, it's to keep the gym packed. It's to know that, you know, your large group stuff's going to make your, you know, your overhead. It's going to pay, pay your rent. It's going to pay your salaries. Um, then the individual stuff is, is just kind of the cherry on top. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Damon, if, if I ever figured out, man, I'll let you know. I'd be a while. I say all that to say, like, a lot of people think they want space, right? Build and they will come. But at some point you reach a diminishing ret- Point of diminishing returns, yeah. Diminishing returns where you don't have quality enough instruction even though you have a ton of space. Like, that has to be the great negotiator. We, we talked to the guys at Going Vertical last week, and, and I know, like, Cody was very – he's a little concerned, right? It's hard to find good trainers, but you have to believe in what you're doing. That is a heck of a juggling act for you guys that do this for a living. Yeah. Um, well space, you know, we've always said at some point we'll get a bigger gym. It's not going to be four five, six courts. It'll be, it'll still be smaller and intimate because that's just what we want our product to be. 
Um, we understand if you build a four to six to eight court facility, you have to fill it. And then your product changes a little bit. Mm. Um, and then, you know, with going with finding trainers, uh, we're big on maybe not finding someone that's good when they walk in the door, but are they willing to learn? Are they willing to grow? Uh, we want to coach our trainers just as much as we coach our athletes. And we have, I had to have a talk huh. with one of our trainers last week. He's newer, but it's not about, you know, standing there looking good. Like you got to get after it. You got to keep your kids moving. If, if you have two athletes and say one set of cones, you might have to pull one athlete away to really help them instruct. And the other athlete just needs to keep moving and keep getting reps in because those reps are going to help your, your athlete figure things out too. Um, so getting guys that we know we can help and they're willing to listen to us. No, we're young. We're not, you know, I'm not older and have a ton of experience. So getting guys in that are close to my age, but yet still willing to learn from us is, is not easy. And even guys that are older than us that want to learn from us, it's not an easy thing. And that's from a team standpoint and a, and a skill standpoint, because we have a way we want to do things. No matter it's teams or skills, we, we know what product we want to put on the court um, and it's our job to train our coaches and our trainers the way we want them to, to teach. And I know you partnered with Supreme for summer teams this year. Give yeah. uh, those kids a chance to um, on some really play good teams. On a, yeah, on a higher stage. And first, can you kind of just talk a little bit about how that came to be? But then also, how important? And then you've got your teams too. And then how important is it to have different levels for kids to be able to play at? Because there are there are NAI kids, D two, D one kids, like kids that just want to play for fun how important is it for not just you just so many different programs to offer different levels so kids can find a really good fit for where they belong based on their talent level and skill level and all that for sure yeah uh really really important i mean skill level it, it changes all the time if you would have seen me as a freshman compared to when <laughs> i was a junior i mean you no one no one would want me on a team my freshman year that's a promise and i don't know if anybody did my junior year but i thought i was a decent basketball player at that time um, so skill develops at different times. You have to give kids opportunities and you got to put them in positions where they can grow and, and get better. Um, you know, what we've done with Supreme, I, I love those guys. I love Matt. Um, I've gotten to know Ryan reader here a lot more just within the last month or two. Um, you know, we just look at it as, is they got a lot of Lincoln, you know, locked up. We got a chunk of Omaha that that's in our corner. Um, we can really recruit throughout the whole state of Nebraska and, and we think it, a majority of the better players to play with us um, at a high level. And then, you know, 17s, we'll do two teams at Nebraska Supreme because we know that's that's when recruiting gets a lot more serious, especially for those maybe that second tier of athletes that, you know, yeah, they're not getting a long list of Division ones, but those NAIs, those Division twos, and maybe even they might be able to sneak into some, some low major stuff depending on how quality that team is. Um, we know that's really important at that age. 16s and 15s, we only do one team at that top level to where we know, you know, am I having second team Omaha kids travel to Lincoln for basketball? I don't know how much sense that makes at the time. Um, you know, when they get to be 17s, yeah, I think that's going to be an important thing for us to put together a really competitive team and, and hopefully help you get recruited. Um, but, man, basketball has grown so much. There's, there's so many opportunities for so many different kids, um, and that's what's really, really cool about, um, you know, what we've witnessed and, and watched is, is how much basketball has grown and how many opportunities kids have nowadays. Um, so skill is always going to be different. You know, your Bob, you know, my old boss would say this all the time. And, you know, I don't know if we listen and it makes so much sense, but your best fifth grader is never your best senior. Um, and that's the truth. It's the kids that get in the gym, they work hard, they grow six inches one summer, they put things together and, and then voila, here you go. You got a stud. So. 
Sounds a lot like Hunter Salas. <laughs> uh, hey, before we let you go, man, you talked about the growth and, and the vision. Did you ever think you would be a part of a two-shoe system sponsored in the state of Nebraska when you're leaving Ralston? Were you like, okay, there's going to be a couple of circuits. I'm going to be a part of one of them. There's going to be two in the state with 1.7 million people. That's unheard of. Yeah, it's it's uh and you know I think Omaha is growing as a city, so basketball is growing, baseball is growing, everything is growing in our city, and that's that's awesome to see. But I don't, uh, I guess you know for me it was never, never about that. I didn't think it would happen. Um, I didn't know if it would ever happen within our state, just because you know Nebraska. I don't think we get a lot of credit for a lot of our athletes, um, not just basketball, but but a lot of them. So. Um, you know, my focus is always on the youth and, and trying to help our youth get better to when they do get to high school, you know, there's, there's a chance for them to go play at the next level. But now that, you know, us and, and OSA, they have two shoe deals and you got, you know, the best exposure you can possibly get. It's uh, it's great for our community. It's great for our kids. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what happens with us at this, at this, as you know, we've been involved with Under Armour, but in their second division. So now being a part of their top division that, you know, one of 26 teams in the country to, mm. to have that deal. It's a, uh, it's an honor. We, uh, we hope we represent Under Armour really, really well and, and put together some quality teams to where we can stay a part of this for, for a long time. Yeah. The scary yeah. thing is, is uh, you get older, as competitive as anybody else in the state, man. It, uh, I didn't think you'd disappoint. I, I knew you wouldn't. It took me a little bit to give you the stage you've earned. I won't even say dessert. You've earned. Jacob. Hey, listen, there, there's, a, there's, there's no doubt about it, man. One of the best in the business. Obviously, somebody that I believe in personally. And uh, my fellow Ralston Ram here, he, he believes in you too. I didn't know if it was the Ralston thing or no. was Mackie and, just that good. He said it was a little bit of both. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug your stuff. Where can people get at you? Uh, thefactorybasketball.com is our website. Um, you know, everybody follows us on Twitter. I feel like that's our main source. Uh, my email, Mike.Mackey, M-A-C-K-I-E, at thefactorybasketball.com. Uh, shoot us an email. Get on our website. Check out our information. We'd love to have you in the gym. One of the best in the business. Eminem, it took me all segment to say it. But that's what I call him. We got a JP, and I've got an Eminem. I don't even like chocolate, <laughs> but I love that guy. That's Mike Mackey from the factory. Hey, we appreciate it, big timer. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's Mike Mackey, president, founder, CEO, the guru of the factory. Been a heck of a run. It's fun. It's good talk. Yeah, he's the real deal. Uh, you heard that? You heard the music. That means the big voice guys tell you that's Nebraska preps post game. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. Hey, we're back next week. A Huda Media Production.